You're listening to Cove Industry 19, a 19 episode podcast series focused on the outlook and actions of individuals in the hospitality industry affected by COVID 19. Industry 19 makes it to 2021, which doesn't necessarily feel like any feat for the service industry or small businesses considering what toll this pandemic has taken on them. But we're still inching to 19 episodes to share these stories and create a space for open conversation so we can better understand what our treasured industries continue to experience and the obstacles they face. I have no statistics in front of me, but by the posts, news articles, and consistent trend, by now I'm sure one of your admired restaurants or bars has likely shuttered or closed for the time being. A friendly reminder if you do decide to dine out and the establishment has created an outdoor space, tip well, because that can be costly to create an entirely new area that abides by government guidelines and for you to dine safely and comfortably, not to mention... Not only restaurants and bars, but hotels, retail spaces, all have had to cut labor to attempt to make some sort of profit, so they are operating with skeletal staff. And on to a few things that you should know. As I've said before, things move so rapidly with this pandemic that an episode created a few days, weeks, or even months ago feels irrelevant. As this episode was made at a very different time, I myself have taken my own backseat to the hospitality industry and am no longer working in hotels for the time being. More about that another time. I actually took my entire family to Stoller on a karaoke party bus for my 30th birthday in September 2019. Even my 90-year-old East Coast grandmother was at home as we sat at their long wooden table outside for larger parties and gazed out over the lawn sprinkled with Adirondack chairs. To this day, my 30th birthday was one of the last gatherings for my entire family from all over the country. I've had multiple conversations looking back on that weekend fondly, as it was an entirely different time in an unrecognizable world. Timmons. I'm the Vice President of Direct-to-Consumer Sales for the Stoller Wine Group. So I oversee all of the tasting rooms, the wine clubs, the events, etc. that are affiliated with the tasting rooms for both Stoller Family Estate and for Shehalem Winery. And anyone that hasn't been to Stoller, do you want to just kind of describe the area or what it looks like? Sure. So Stoller is this magnificent property out in Dayton, Oregon. Um, It's about 45 minutes from downtown Portland. And the setting is just what you would picture on a postcard of a vineyard and a tasting room. So our tasting room looks out over a 400-acre vineyard as it kind of climbs up the hill. And um, it's just really stunning and beautiful. actually was pursuing a degree at the University of Washington up in Seattle and um, I was living on the east side where there's a number of wineries um, quite a few more now than there used to be the area is called Woodenville 
and it was um, about 12 wineries that were open at the time. Now there's well over 100 in that area, um, but it just kind of got my feet wet um, in the industry, and everybody that works at the winery just was so passionate about it, and it really introduced a love of wine in general. Um, and so then for the next probably, uh, this was back in 2000, the next 15 years or so of my career was actually in lots of other areas. I worked in luxury goods. I started and um, sold an import company. So I really honed my skills in a lot of different areas of people management and management in general and sales and marketing. Um, and then in 2014, I went to work for Shehalem Winery um, in the direct-to-consumer program. Um, and then as the Stoller Wine Group kind of merged and came together, my role has expanded and um, now I oversee all of the different functions. When did you first catch wind of COVID-19 and at what point did it become worrisome for you? So I've, I tend to consume a lot of international news and have friends that live in different countries. So I started really paying attention in late January um, by mid-February, it definitely was a concern to me. You know, I was watching how it was spreading in other countries, in Italy in particular. Um, so by the end of February, I was already preparing my teams at the tasting rooms. We had been putting in measures that are not um, that dissimilar to what we're still doing now that we've been allowed to reopen. So we had ramped up our sanitization and our disinfecting protocols pretty heavily um, before the official government closures happened. Um, so it had been on our radar for, for quite some time. What are just your overall thoughts on how it's affected the industry and just changes that you've had to make, especially with reopening? Because Multnomah, we're not even opening for a couple more weeks now. So I think everybody's yeah. anxious to know what you've been through. Sure. Yeah, it was, you know, it was completely changing our business model for a while there. The two months that we were closed, we focused really heavily on going back to old school phone sales. So my um, team members that would typically be welcoming hundreds of guests in person in any given week were making hundreds of phone calls in a day, just reaching out to anybody that had ever made a purchase and shared their information with us at, um, at the wineries. And, and that was actually really kind of a neat thing. It gave us an opportunity to connect with people that maybe hadn't even been out in a couple of years and lived all over the country. So, um, and people were stuck at home and nervous and, and they just loved getting a phone call from somebody. So it was, it was exciting to see that people loved picking up a call from a winery. And then we also immediately shifted to a drive-through model. Uh, we actually ran the drive-through model before we officially closed down. And, and that was fun too, just to give people the opportunity to still come out and see us. So since we've been allowed to open, we're on, um, it'll be two weeks this Friday since we reopened. And it absolutely has been challenging for us, you know, such things as social distancing. That wasn't even a term anybody had heard of or used, you know, and certainly we had not put that into practice in a business sense. So that's, that's an ongoing challenge of just keeping team members apart in small spaces and, um, and then making sure that the guests are able to enjoy their own little spaces as well. Um, the disinfecting protocols are ramped up. It's super unusual to see everybody wandering around in masks, but it's become our new normal pretty quickly. And, you know, our team members are so friendly and outgoing that we just reminded each other that first week to um, smell with your eyes, which they say you should do anytime, but now when 
one thing you can see um, that's that's become a, a really big thing for the crew especially for service industry because I work in hotels and it's been a little bit daunting to think about how you're going to deliver that experience to someone with <laughs> all of these protocols in place and that is a perfect example smiling with your eyes because it's like they can see I'm working with a friendly face here and I can hear a friendly voice yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I think, you know, while these, while many of these protocols are restrictive and it's a different way of doing service, all of the guests are just so excited to not be in their homes. <laughs> they, they're quite forgiving. You know, it's been really great. It's been nothing but lots of excited people and they're so thankful and they're, they're more than willing to follow all these new rules just because it gives them an outlet to go and hang out with, you know, some friends that maybe they haven't seen in a little while in a, in a wide open space and um, and just not be in their own homes. Definitely. And I think too, the benefit of wine is that when you drink, I mean, your wine specifically is that you can remember what you were doing when you were drinking it and then also enjoy it at home, which mm -hmm. I hope has been helpful. <laughs> for everyone. Yeah, we, we had some really fun social media tags all throughout the quarantine period. And then even now, because, you know, a lot of places are not yet open or, or people that are fans from all over the country that can't come out to see us. And they tag us all the time with exactly that. Hey, you know, we're, I'm opening this bottle of Pinot Noir and I picked it up when we were sitting in those Adirondack chairs. And that was such a wonderful memory for us. So we're reliving that in our backyard. We hear, we hear a lot of that from people. Yeah. And to be able to be a part of that. How have you maintained a positive outlook? I mean, for your team too, just throughout this tough time. I think, you know, we just tried to keep it one step at a time, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, not to try to do a lot of guesswork of what might come down the path next, you know? So we, we set up some goals for ourselves at first when it was just drive-through, we tried to do a really great job with our drive-through and, you know, make it exciting for guests to come see us. And then, the same thing when we were working on our phone campaign, that was something new. And um, as the team got to connect with people that were in their homes, they really took a lot of pride in that, that they got to make those phone calls. Um, and then as we were looking towards reopening, that actually came down pretty quickly. You know, none of us knew that it was a possibility. And then almost overnight, we were told, hey, you can open tomorrow. Um, so we've, we've just spent a lot of time on how do we keep our team members safe, first of all? And by default, then that's going to keep our guests safe um, and, and working from, from that place. And I think that it's really, it's worked out. We've all had one another to kind of lean on. And if anything, um, without kind of the distractions of having a lot of guests on the property for those couple of months, um, the team got a lot closer. And I think now moving into a somewhat stressful period of navigating the reopening, having that time together to, to really get to know each other in a different kind of way has been critical in, in coming together and, and making it a successful reopening. What are just some pieces of advice that you have just for the general public and how to keep supporting the wine industry and Stoller? 
Well, I know there's been a lot of focus on on the restaurants and how they've taken a particularly heavy hit. And for many wineries, ourselves included, that makes up a huge portion of our business is the wineries and the sales that happen at the restaurants. And I know that many restaurants throughout the country and even locally here have been able to survive by doing takeout. Um, and so I would I would suggest, you know, that if you typically would have grabbed a bottle of wine while you were dining in, you can still oftentimes grab a bottle of wine when you're doing takeout. So ask your, your restaurant, your favorite restaurant about that. Um, and then, you know, consumers can continue to support those wineries that are still closed um, throughout the country. Um, or even the ones that have started to open and you might not be comfortable coming out to see us in person by by calling up or checking out the website and having a package shipped directly to your home. Um, all of the wineries just really appreciate that. And, you know, if you need to send a little care package to your friends and family that are still also isolated, people don't usually get mad about a, a wine package arriving in the mail. No, you couldn't. There's no way. <laughs> Is there anything that you found surprising throughout this whole thing that's happened? I, I think it's been surprising um, just to see the communities kind of pull together. I, you know, I think there was that opportunity that there could have been a lot of, a lot more fear surrounding all of the changes and people being kind of trapped. But, you know, just like these Zoom calls, I've been on Zoom calls for almost six hours today. And that who would have ever thought we would do that? <laughs> and I think that, you know, there's, there's team members of ours that we're going to keep communicating with that way that we had never communicated so regularly with before, or it might've been on just like an awkward conference call. So I think one of the surprising things um, has definitely been some of the efficiencies that we've found just operating within these kind of new um, restrictive guidelines that, that maybe weren't so restrictive after all. They made us be a lot more um, creative. Thank you so much for listening again and continuing to listen, even though some of these are a bit sporadic. But as you know the spiel, if you are interested in checking in or being in an episode on Industry 19 you can email us at covindustry19 at gmail.com. Have a great rest of your week and talk to you soon. Bye.